Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. Large smash-and-grab retail robberies are being organized, according to the Wall Street Journal, on social media apps like Snapchat. Well, we, we are monitoring, of course, these thefts very closely. But so far, the White House is not calling out social networks the way they did strongly at a concern about posts containing COVID disinformation. We have a responsibility as a public health matter to raise that issue. In Los Angeles County, the sheriff sees another reason, a progressive district attorney letting offenders go. Roughly... 12,000 cases in his first year in office that he has not prosecuted. So that's 12,000 times that the crook walked away scot-free. Oh, that reminds me. I have a new hero. The DA is San Diego County. I want to tell you all about her in a little bit. Oh, and one other just real quick thing. The the CBS article that I was saying was so uh, dishonest. It repeatedly refers to a weak labor market and a weak job market. How, How can you say that? Communists. (laughs) Communists. <laughs> um, the clip we just heard and the uh, L.A. sheriff talking about how the D.A. does not prosecute anybody. Um, that is just a weird thing that's going on in our society right now, man. District attorneys who who don't believe in crime, who don't believe in human nature. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Yeah, they're so ideologically out there. And I think they actually believe this stuff. They I believe in a Marxist utopia and, and that the only reason people commit crimes is because of, you know, systemic what's-its. Yeah, so um, I love that story you're about to get into because the LADA, I didn't realize this is what's going on. I didn't even realize this is the way it works. So if you have some sort of horrifying c- crime happen in your family, your brother gets murdered. And the guy's up to get out on parole. So he's got a lawyer. The mm-hmm. taxpayers provide that guy a lawyer to try to argue for why he should get out on a parole. But who's on the other side to argue back? The district attorney's office. And in L.A., they're choosing not to. He will not allow his people to go argue on behalf of keeping the person in prison. Yes, the dangerous leftist Marxist Georgia Gascone has forbidden his prosecutors to go and advocate for the people. He's forbidden it. I didn't know that's the way it works. So unless you're going to hire a lawyer yourself at your own expense, the local DA will not argue for keeping, in my scenario, your brother's killer in jail because the local DA believes they should get out regardless of the facts. They should get out because prison is bad or something. I don't know what that is. Right, right. Well, and and it's worse than that because a lot of victims have reported that they were never notified, so they couldn't All right. appear at the parole hearings or what have right. you. Right. Gascon is deliberately tilting the scales in favor of getting the criminals out. I am and that's proud what... of our entire team in the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. We cannot prosecute our way out of social inequalities, income inequalities, the unhouse, the desperation that we have. That's the voice of a crazy person. That's the the, the speaking pattern of a lunatic. He's an well, actual crazy person. Well, and a eunuch, too. He sounds like his testicles have been removed. He's a lunatic eunuch. A unitic, if you will. Wow. But that's how, remember the story a while back, Sirhan Sirhan, who killed Robert F. Kennedy? That's how he ended up getting out. 
It was well, one of these deals. Or, or uh, that's how it ended up being such a, right. a story, such a crisis, how it got so close. Right. Was um, him allowing that to happen, allowing it to get that far down the road before everybody was like, whoa, what happened here? So I was going to get into the story that uh, the Grove, which is this famous L.A. shopping center, it's like an open-air shopping center. I almost bought a truly unfortunate pair of pants there uh, one time. I just, I was picturing younger, sexier Joe, and I saw these pants, and I thought, wow, I'd look really, really good in those pants. They're kind of a purplish hue, and you know... With the right shirt, I'm on stage, I'm playing the rock and roll, I'd have looked very sexy. But I know me. And those pants would have hung in my closet until I finally hung my head and donated them somewhere. Huh. And and they were not cheap pants either. I wish you'd have bought those pants. The unfortunate pants. I wish and there that... were pictures of you in those pants. Oh, they no, they were they were the opposite of st- to the stretchy pants. They were the look what I got going pants. Oh yeah. Anyway, so uh, why why did I Break go me there? off a piece of Joe? That's what people were thinking. <laughs> In my mind, that's what they would have been thinking. But somehow, <laughs> somehow, I said to myself, that's probably a little too much. Uh, so anyway, the Grove has had to install this barbed wire like uh, fencing. It looks like the trenches of World War II from the minute they close to the minute they open to make it more difficult for people to run up with sledgehammers, smash all the windows, loot all the goods, and disappear into the night only to sell the stuff online, which I'm reading more and more about is um is is the way they get rid of the stuff. That's why it's so lucrative. It's not like somebody wants to keep 15 leather jackets or 20 purses or whatever. They put it online. They sell it. They do pretty damn well. Or 900 razor blade cartridges. Well, right, yeah. And I've also learned that um, a lot of the online sellers, you can register as Donald R. Duck and and sell online. Nobody ever asks you who you are or, or there's no proof of anything. And actually, all of the big online retailers, including eBay and, and similar sites, have signed on to this legislation saying, yeah, there ought to be accountability. But you, ought to, uh. you know, we ought to be able to verify who our sellers are because it's just it's become such an enormous hub of crime that they're fine with it, which I found interesting. And we can get more into that in a bit, but I want to get this segment into the absolutely fabulous Summer Stefan. Now, she might have sins. She might have made mistakes that San Diegans are aware of that I've missed, but she is standing up tall. She, like the communist George Gascon of uh, L.A. right up the coast, um, are in their first elected terms, but she is a very, very different beast than Gascon. Quote, um, oh, oh, she's commenting on the fact that sometimes in uh, crimes or crime sprees will take place in multiple jurisdictions, <clears throat> and then you have to decide where the crime spree is going to be tried, and sometimes the counties will get together and try the defendant together and pool their resources and stuff like that in the case of truly horrendous you know, crimes. Well, uh, um, Summer Steffen said of... Um, being dragged into that situation with Gascon, I can no longer trust that this DA's policies will abide by the law. I need to return my cases, all of them, to San Diego. Stefan stands in stark contrast to your uh, George Gascon, your Chesa Bodine, your Diana Becton in Contra Costa County, California, and others across the country. Uh, Kim Fox in Chicago to Yale in Boston, who was getting so much attention. St. Louis, there are a hundred of them, or at least a dozen of them. 
said uh, Bill Wells, who's the mayor of El Cajon, which is in the San Diego area. She seems to be very concerned about the rule of law and takes her job seriously. I always liked her, but I didn't appreciate her until I started seeing overt insanity in places like Chicago, L.A., Seattle, Portland, San Francisco. There was a Soros-backed prosecutor who ran against her in the last election who would have been the same as Giscon if Summer had lost. Um, it's been a rocky year. She's prosecuting more than 100 cases, including homicides and uh, sex trafficking. The year started off with a court battle to reclaim a robbery case that began in San Diego and ended with two murders in L.A. Since the most severe crimes were in L.A., L.A. was going to get the case of this this monster. Um, and, and L.A.'s uh, former guy, uh, or former prosecutor, Jackie Lacey, was going to prosecute it. But after Gascon joins office, thanks to the Soros money and the rest of it, you know, uh, Summer Stefan discovered the policy of we charge no uh, uh, enhancements, no gun violations, no you laid in wait, wanton cruelty, uh, crime for profit, none of those enhancements. They won't do any of them. And so Summer Stefan is fighting to get the case back in San Diego to actually uh, impose a little justice. Um, and I, I appreciate that very much. Well done. You go get them, girl. So you got a homicide detective there who's spending all his time trying to help victims of crimes fight to keep the perpetrator of the crime behind bars because of the fact that District Attorney George Gascon is prohibiting prosecutors from staffing the parole hearings. So instead of trying to solve 4,500 unsolved uh, murders out there, this homicide detective has decided, you know, I'm going to help all those victims out there because the DA is no longer helping. In the past, the DA would always go to these hearings, these parole hearings. Now it's up to us to help out the family. If we don't help them, there's no one, said this guy McCarthy, who's the uh, homicide detective. They are on an island and ignorant of the process, and they don't know how to handle it. So I'm getting involved sure. because the DA is not is no longer doing that. A 2008 California constitutional amendment states that prosecutors shall assist and represent victims at parole hearings, which has been a very solid and effective policy in L.A. since the early 70s. Um, former L.A. County District Attorney, Attorney Steve Cooley told the Washington Examiner, Gascon's complete abandonment of victims at parole hearings is unprecedented and breathtaking, Cooley said in an emailed statement. The relatives of murder victims are left to fend for themselves against murderers of their loved ones and their defense attorneys who are funded by taxpayers. Yep. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, these are crazy people. It's unconscionable and, and bizarre that these policies could be enacted, and they, they have been. And there's more. Gascon pushed for downsizing the jail population due to COVID-19, echoed by Gavin Mussolini at the state level. Um, and uh, while under the state of emergency because of the Chinese bat fever, um, they they turned loose some, or they had the early release of some 76,000 felons scheduled. Now, Summer Stephanie, we were talking about, has sued the state to stop the early release. This includes plenty of convicted murders, rapists, child molesters, etc., in a case that includes 44 other district attorneys. But you've got these radicals who are trying to turn all these people loose. Um, Prop 57 was supported by Gascon, infamous California proposition that the soft-headed voters passed. The proposition downgraded the prison sentences of tens of thousands of inmates, including plenty of murderers. 
This is so crazy, though. I understand lots of policies that are like, you you think this, I think that, you're to the left of me, I'm to the right of you, whatever. But this is out there in bizarro world land. Yeah. You're not going to show up to parole hearings, look at the facts, and on a case-by-case basis decide whether or not this person should stay in or not. You're not even going to alert the families, the victims' families, to let them be involved in the process because you're so certain that whoever went to jail for this violent crime deserves to get out just on its face. What is wrong with you? Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As we all know, the Supreme Court uh, heard oral arguments around an abortion case that could change a lot of abortion laws across America. Um, and they'll probably let us know those results come June. But the New York Times is out with a good piece today on how, in reality, even if they do, the supposed scary thing that progressives have been telling us about for years it may cause less than 2% of current abortions to become illegal. Wow. How is that possible? I will explain. Which you would think, if that's uh, if you buy into the math on this, would be no reason for people to be screaming and yelling at each other about how we now live in the handmaid's tale or something else. So, um, the argument is around whether or not abortion should be legal after 15 weeks currently in a lot of places in america you can get an abortion she's practically clear up to the end and it's just a horror and almost no americans agree with that as we pointed out over and over again look at the gallup polling even majority majorities of democrats don't like second and third trimester abortions so at 15 weeks well according to statistics only four percent of abortions happen after 15 weeks anyway only four percent of abortions happen after 50 weeks so if you if you curtailed it to do you have to get an abortion before 15 weeks, it wouldn't affect very many people. Right. I mean, those of you who really, really hate abortion are still uh, really troubled by that. But um, just in terms of the law having an impact on America, it's not quite as dramatic as uh, as you've been heard by people screaming at you on television. You combine that with the fact that the portrait also shows that nearly two-thirds of abortions... This is interesting culturally. Two-thirds of abortions happen in states that President Biden won last year. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Now, he won the most states because he's president of the United States now. But it would lead you to believe that those states, if they're left to vote for their own abortion rules, are going to allow abortion to happen, probably. And that's just true. I think that's a safe assumption, yeah. Yeah, those facts going together mean that a, that a narrow ruling upholding the Mississippi law would likely cause less than 2% of current abortions to become illegal nationwide. Yeah, I'm noodling that through. Um, so did you say it's 4% roughly happen after 15 weeks? Correct. And then you've got to assume that all of those blue states would have at least as permissive abortion laws as there are now. So, yeah, I mean, it would eliminate practically no abortions whatsoever. And yeah. yet... Less than you 2%. See the, you see the, the, the gals marching, keep your hands off my body, my body, my choice, blah, 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 all that stuff over virtually nothing. 
Yeah, it's it's weird that um it it hasn't been as hot a topic as a lot of people thought it would be. It hasn't been as hot a topic as it has been my entire adult life. I don't know if people just intuitively understand this or or what. But such a ruling would not affect the vast majority of abortions in America. And that's an interesting take from the New York Times and I statistically I just think it's accurate. So there you have it. You know, I wonder, I'm just trying to noodle this through, because you're right, it's uh, it's remarkable the extent to which this has gone from a an explosive issue that everybody's engaged in, too. It's hard to even get to raise a temperature, you know? And yeah. I wonder if part of it is, you know, honestly, it's not been a big political issue um, in this way, anyway, since Roe v. Wade. And so, really, anybody over... 35, 40 has heard the, it's going to be the handmaid's tale. It's an oppression. Women will blah, 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 over and over and over again. And no matter who gets elected, no matter who gets on the Supreme Court, none of that stuff ever happens. And so maybe it's just to the point where you got to recruit college girls and convince them that they're about to be put into some sort of patriarchal handmaid's nightmare if Judge Kavanaugh gets on the court, and those are the only people you can convince to, to show up and scream into a bullhorn because everybody else thinks, oh, for God's sake, this again. I just wonder. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. North Korea warns young people not to use slang from South Korea. North Korean officials warned against young people using slang from South Korea, where uh, popular bands like BTS thrive. I I don't understand that sentence. I'm reading for the New York Post here. Um, But North Korea's official newspaper has warned young people to speak the country's standard language, refrain from using slang, and follow the hermit kingdom's traditional lifestyles. I'm sorry, but I'm in favor of this. I'm with Kim Jong-un on this one. The uh, penetration of the cultural bourgeoisie is even more dangerous than enemies who are taking uh, guns, it said. The, 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 the statement from the government said. Took the, the confusing words right out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, no slang. Language should remain static unless the government approves changes. Young people need to stick to their country's, quote, superior language, which is based on a dialect spoken in Puntang. Uh, when <clears> I believe that's pronounced Pyongyang. When the new generations have a sound sense of ideology and revolutionary spirits, the future of a country is bright. If not, decades-long social systems and revolution will be perished. Amen to that. That is the lesson of blood in the history of the world's socialist movement. It's the lesson of blood. That's what I was saying. (laughs) As we go on with the confusing statements. (laughs) Is it the translation that's confusing, or did it make sense originally? Well, the overheated rhetoric is kind of their thing, and then you get it translated, and it gets a little clunky, yeah. Among the South Korean slang terms the rogue regime has sought to stamp out, APA, O-P-P-A, which women call their husbands. The word means older brother, but as often is used to refer to a boyfriend, according to the outlet. No using of APA. If you're caught using that, it's a considered a... Uh, also, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un recently labeled K-pop a vicious cancer. Well, he and I agree on that. Again. Amen. That corrupts North Korean millennials. But if you're caught using the term APA or listening to K-pop, you could get uh, the death penalty or certainly... F- face 15 years in a prison camp, which is practically like the death penalty. That seems slightly harsh to me. Pretty harsh. Um, 
but despite that, um, uh, young people and all people in North Korea continue to uh, embrace Western culture. And uh, lots of foreign media, including South Korean TV dramas, smuggled into the country. I can see smuggling in news reports or, like, facts, information you want to have. I don't nope. know if I'd put my life on the line to watch a soap opera. Come on. People got to relax after a long day of hunting for a kernel of rice. You know, you want to be entertained. The race between the ability of the West to penetrate these hermit societies, these communist societies, totalitarian regimes, in short, the ability of technology to to penetrate them is in a race with the totalitarians' uh, grasp of technology to resist outside influences. China, the most obvious example, but um, I'd like to know uh, the average young, tech-hip Chinese citizen. Can they get a lot of Western stuff? Do they know what life is actually like in the West? Well, it's going on in Cuba right now. you got the government trying to block all the communications, and the super-tech hipsters are trying to figure out ways around it so they can continue to tweet and monitor things. It's happening right now. Um, but so my house got graffitied over the weekend, and I tweeted that out. I should go to the Twitter and just read it, read it as I as I uh, as I wrote it because, uh, well, I put some thought into it and I worded it carefully. Although my Twitter app got updated, and I now find it uh, almost impossible to use and figure out how to do it. So maybe I can't. Maybe that's just not possible. Yep, I don't know how to work my Twitter anymore. Because uh, because the update, but I tweeted. Thanks, out, Twitter. I tweeted out a picture from the front of my house. Um, somebody uh, spray painted it over tonight. Fuk twelve, which I didn't know what that meant, so I had to Google it. An Urban Dictionary says fuck twelve means um, f the police. So it's some sort of anti police thing. And my son said he's seen that at the skateboard park. But my comment was, and I think this is true, the allowing homeless people to hang around, the not prosecuting minor crimes, just all this stuff is adding together. And it just it it leads to people feeling empowered scumbags to feel like, you know, we can go into decent neighborhoods and spray paint. It's just nobody cares anymore. Police don't show up for minor crimes. People are allowed to steal stuff off the shelf at the local CVS and just walk out the door. Nobody cares anymore. You're going to get more and more of that. This has been proven. It's the broken windows thing going back to New York City. Back in the day, we talked to Police Chief Bratton about this a couple weeks ago. When you see broken windows and graffiti and uh, people are getting away with minor crimes, it just grows and grows and grows because the scumbags get the word, oh, okay, you can do this now. Well, and you combine with that reality, the fact that now, and this is so strange, I mean, is this unprecedented in human history? It might be. There's a substantial group of people that believe, no, the, the criminals should be, the, we need to understand they only steal because they've been held down by our capitalist, imperialist society. So not only do they not condemn, they don't prosecute, they make excuses. I don't think people fully understand the culture of these sorts of things. Where, and it doesn't really make any sense, uh, but, but it's just, it's just cultural. It's just a belief that no, you wouldn't go into a neighborhood like that and spray paint a house. You can't do that. Well, that culture has breaking, broken down. You see homeless people hanging around. You see shopping carts. You see broken stuff. People get stolen. Nobody gets punished for it. And just, I don't know, little by little, the cockroaches come out and think, oh, okay, we can come out from underneath the door now. Nobody's going to step on us. <laughs> sure. We, we were allowed to do that now. How much bad behavior can I get away with? Yeah. People try and, exactly. and they, they, they test limits. Yeah. It's very, very frustrating. And, uh, you know, um, 
I didn't tell my uh, kids this, but my neighbor came over and said uh, somebody had broken into his uh, garage overnight. So somebody hopped the fence of our two places and broke into his garage. I have a sturdier door on the side of my garage. I don't know if they tried to get into it, but I'm guessing it's the same people that spray painted the front of the house. But it's just, you know, it's just leaking out. All across America, because I've read about this everywhere, it's just leaking out from the bad neighborhoods into the better neighborhoods, which is what happens. Yeah, I was just going to say, you don't exactly live in the hood. No, no. But that that's what's happening all across America. And that's why three quarters of Americans believe crime is on the rise and over half of Americans say crime is on the rise in their own neighborhood. And that is going to be and that's why it's climbing up the charts as the number one issue in America. And who, what, whichever party makes people feel more comfortable about dealing with that is going to have a real leg up. Yeah, and it's a little discussed, but there's a war going on in the Democratic Party right now as uh, the AOC and the squad and that type of people are running at all sorts of moderate Democrats uh, and trying to primary them. And you know, your party higher-ups from Nancy to Hakeem Jeffries and that whole crew, uh, Steny Hoyer, are, are yelling at him to cut it out and how that's wrong and improper and the rest of it. Well, actually, a lot of their indignant statements are pretty funny maybe we'll get to that later but oh, what a long tweet story I... short there's a huge fight on the left to drag us even further in that direction so if, if you know joe biden's successor because i believe he'll be with god if joe biden's successor wants to pivot to tough on crime they'll have a hell of a challenge yeah um uh, as i tweeted out uh you allow the homeless people to hang around town all the petty theft, all the anti-police narratives out of pundits and politicians. This is the sort of S you get even in nice neighborhoods. Yeah, all that anti-police rhetoric, that filters down to the scumbags. They feel mm-hmm. like the momentum is with them, and the momentum is with them. Yeah, I, I don't mean to wear you out on this, but I think we would all be more persuasive if we said junkies. You allow the junkies to hang around. Yeah. Because the, their their primary characteristic is not the fact that they don't have wood and tiles and shingles over their head. It's that they're junkies, you know. And I the the compassionate, semi informed type here homeless, and they think, oh well, they just had one too many medical bills. No, those people are fine. They're good, decent people who get back on their feet. We're talking about bums and junkies. How how would you not think that in in cities all across America, if you have all those homeless people right over there, that in the middle of the night they aren't going to go out into the neighborhoods and steal bikes and graffiti your house or break in or whatever? Of course they are. All right. Ah, uh, der. So this judge tossed out the the whole DACA program, more or less. Well. Kind of. On paper, he did. He said, don't do anything crazy yet as it works its way through the courts. But he says this whole program should not exist. I feel like we need to get away from this. Is this is this the way the system is supposed to work, where one judge variously says this can happen and then one says can't happen, and we just go back and forth and each side gets all excited every time until it gets to the Supreme Court? It is a horrible way to run a country. <laughs> it seems like an it's, odd it's way to run a country. It's a joke, yeah. Um, oh, my overall point was, and I think I lost it from the beginning, Trump coming out and recognizing that crime is an issue people really care about and uh, running as a law and order candidate, that is going to make a mark, man. That is that that is that has a lot of stickiness to it of people saying, yeah, I agree with him a lot. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those obscure issues like so many of them, like DACA, you know, kind of complicated. How often do you run into people that actually talk about that? People talk about crime. People talk about their kid's bike being stolen or those kind of things that that's that stuff really moves votes. 
Right. And we haven't had that going on for a long, long time in this country. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Joe Getty. Point of personal privilege. Don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Denmark's flagship broadcaster has just introduced a new children's show called John Dillermond that's essentially an animation about a man with a huge and uncontrollable penis. This man has a penis so massive and flexible it can save children from danger, fetch objects from a river, and even operate as a pogo stick. What? That is true. I got this story months ago. Danish TV has a children's show featuring a guy with an enormous schwanz. Hmm. Danish culture is somewhat different than ours, evidently. Uh, and, you know, I just I, I held on to the story for a while, and it just seemed gratuitous. Right, and- yeah, that, that, that does seem gratuitous, but that woman was using... Her serious voice as she explained it. Well, it seriously exists. It's a popular kids TV show. Well, John Oliver got hold of it and was uh, discussing it. I mean, musically, that's excellent. But what you might be missing there is just how good the lyrics are. It's been translated as, hello, I am John Johnson. He has the world's longest Johnson. There's almost nothing he can't do with it. He can swing it around. He can get a bit embarrassed. He could save the whole world if only he had the chance. Wow. Is it time to annex Denmark or bomb it or something? (laughs) (laughs) That is perverse. Something is rotten in Denmark. Mm. Their culture. Amen. Amen to that. So uh, the uh, the weightlifting uh, transgender gal from New Zealand in the Olympic Games in Tokyo, it's going to get a lot of attention. Tracy Lambrex is a name you don't know and you probably never will, partly because this Laurel Hubbard, male-to-female transgender athlete, has beaten her and knocked her out of the top weightlifting gal in New Zealand seat. Lambrex competed against Hubbard and lost several weightlifting records to Hubbard. Okay, see, that, that's funny. God, we're always talking about the state of journalism. I've read a couple of stories that talked about this woman, and none of them did the the the, the, the journalists take the time to, well, what's the most she's ever lifted? Now tell me what's the most these other top competitors have ever lifted. Is she likely to win? I didn't have any idea because she's 47, right? She's, she's pretty old, and I, I got to assume yeah. most of the weightlifters are in their 20s or early 30s, and I thought, well, maybe the strongest 28-year-old woman can outlift a 47-year-old weightlifting dude, but nobody took no, the no. like few minutes to look into it when they wrote the stories. But So you came across a story they actually she's actually beaten women. Like, oh. destroyed the records. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's she's taken all the records. This woman, Ms. Lambrex, um, realized she would never win again in New Zealand in the length of time you can compete in weightlifting. And so she was forced to drop almost 40 pounds to qualify for a lower weight class so she could continue to compete. And That, that is it, so ridiculous that the world is going this direction. It, and under the guise is. of being fair. 
It's idiotic, and I think anybody with any sense recognizes it, but they're afraid of being shouted down and called haters or transphobic or whatever, um, which, uh, speaking for myself, I am not in the least. But this this gal who used to be a weightlifting guy is just devastating the women, especially in New Zealand. Uh, she mentioned that um, losing all that weight was terrible for her. She added that being beaten out of competition by biological males, quote, psychologically speaking, it's very upsetting and stressful. She, as a member of the New Zealand national team, was told to stay quiet and refrain from trans uh, from criticizing trans athletes, um, including in women's sports, or risk getting booted from the national team. Quote, we were told not to talk to the media, and we were warned that if we did, we would bring the sport into disrepute and then could miss out on being selected or be dropped from national teams. The sport's national body did not know how to handle the situation, so they had a knee-jerk reaction thought silence was the best idea. Now, Ms. Hubbard, age 43, qualified for the Olympics as the oldest female weightlifter currently expected to compete. That's interesting. How do you attribute your longevity in women's weightlifting? Perhaps to the fact that you're a man or were a man for most of your life? Oh, let's see. The, uh, in 2015, the International Olympic Committee announced it would allow biological males to participate in women's competitions as long as the athlete's testosterone measured below 10 nanomoles per liter for at least a year prior to competing. One of the consequences of that rule has been to block female competitors with naturally high testosterone levels from competing. Wow. And they mentioned two female, since the day they were born, track athletes have been banned from competing because their natural testosterone levels were too high but the dude is allowed in the transgender woman who was a male weightlifter and uh, the british military did a bunch of studies if you're not familiar with this if you are a male particularly a bulky male strong thick boned like a powerlifter would would be because and here's a little tip as you get older mix weights into your fitness regimen as you get older because it increases your bone density and strength which is really important especially for women anyway uh but a guy who's been doing that his whole life is going to have incredible bone density size strength the rest of it not to mention muscle mass and you can take hormones for years and years and years and still retain that advantage and the insane part is everybody knows that they're just afraid to say it. And so they banned women who are were just natural women because they had too much testosterone? Is that what yeah. they had? Mm-hmm. So I got to believe that most of uh, the best female athletes in world history have had way more testosterone than the other. It's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, guys who are better athletes than me have more testosterone and more fast twitch muscle fiber and other things. They just naturally do. So you're faster and stronger than I am. Okay, fine. I get it. You know, it's an advantage you have. Yeah, um, you have to accept that. Not everybody can can compete in every sport. Not everybody can win. So now you're going to ban people who naturally have those God-given advantages. Mm-hmm. From uh, women's sports. But not the person who uh, was born a man and is now a woman. Yeah. In other words, I could benefit from 30 years of higher testosterone structurally, you know, in terms of my physique. But as long as I lower it uh, and then I bring my big hulking body in to compete against the gals, I'm fine. I it's guess absurd. I'm just I'm trying to think this through. So I guess the argument on the other side by the trans community would be, well, she was born a woman. She is a woman. 
Uh, and, you know, that's as natural as anything. Although allowing her and banning the others seems pretty weird. No, it's uh, no. And, and I get what you're going for. But um, in terms of size, strength, etc., no, a male body is a male body, no matter how you identify. What's in your soul, I respect 100%. You have no argument from me. But your physique is a matter of science. And when it comes to competition, there will be no women's sports anymore. If, if this goes on. Well, so do we have any belief that there are any, are there any examples around the world of guys pretending that they're a woman and then dominating sports? Has that happened yet that we're aware of? Like those, I don't, those high school dudes that, you know, one of the most famous cases in America, those high school dudes in Connecticut or wherever that was, yeah. they shattered all the girls' records, won all the awards. They weren't faking it as far as I know. They, they're, yeah, well, if they're they committed were, to the idea. And and I get that that would be an open and shut case and that would be pretty handy, but it's uh, this this is not that open and shut case. Well, it is for me, but uh, yeah, even if you sincerely identify as a woman, but you have been given a male physique, you don't get to compete against women, biological women. You just don't. 